All right, it is time for those four words that we all love to hear Mm -mm. come out of the mouth of Bernie Neighbors. What is that? These mics are These mics are Hey, man, by the way, people at home... That's how we need to start every show, by the way. These mics are live. Yeah, you like that? Mine freaked out. So we've been messing around for 20 minutes, probably, trying to get my... It's been a minute. If I don't touch it, it's fine. The moment I touched it to move it a little closer, all hell broke loose. <laughs> nobody so, move. Nobody get no, hurt. Nobody move. Just everyone sit still. How are you? Good. All right. So you were working out today. I, I'm 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 jealous and and I'm proud of you. So so what is this? Is this the uh, is this the new Bernie now? Uh, hopefully you got, you got some good color. Oh, you shaved your beard though. You know I like it when you keep. I your know. I think it's sexy. I like to you know since I don't have a haircut that I can go to to kind of change my look. I guess I'm doing the facial hair thing. Um, okay. Yeah. My goal is by January to be a little different. I mean, I've started at the end of last month, you know, slowly. Cause I, back in the summer, I tried to start and destroyed my knees too much, That's right. too much treadmill that. stuff. And so I had to kind of help get those back in order, but I just too fat, too out of shape, just too dangerous. Some of the numbers so, when I've gone to the doctor have been not good. So I need to start, uh, you know, working, working so my way you, back. If you don't mind me asking. So what were you, what was, what was your weight and where do you want to be at? Like, oh, what, my weight, my weight was about 194, which is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I'm only five, seven oh. and I'm not, and I'm not like, you know, big boned five, seven. I'm a pretty thin bone person. Yeah. And so, yeah, <laughs> well, what I want to do is get down to about 165, 170. And then maybe put, you know, just reshape it. So I don't care if I'm like 175, but look different. Does that make any sense? Maybe yeah. if lose you, a couple if inches on the waist. Yeah, maybe lose a couple inches on the waist. Five or 170, you'd be too thin. I've been that. That's when I was probably the last time. But yeah, that in was high years. school. No, I, and I graduated high school on the basketball court. 135 pounds is what I graduated. Bullshit. 135 pounds. Absolutely. Yep. But I used to run 10, I used to run 10 K's for fun. And I mean, I was, I was in unbelievable shape back then and didn't lift. So I was really small, super small. So wow, 135. Holy cow. I I can't, I can't even imagine you like that. Yeah, it was pretty small. And then I would say the best shape. We're still talking about your weight, right? Yep. Still talking about my weight. Yep. Still doing it. Best, I, I don't know about you, but the best shape I was ever in, I probably weighed 175, 170. Yeah. And I was pretty thick, but. That yeah, was a I, long think, I think time 175, ago. 180 would probably be a good weight on you. I'm, I'm over I'm over 200 pounds. I'm at like 204, something like that. I've never you're, been over 200 pounds. You're six feet tall, though, right? I mean, oh, yeah, I'm like 6'1 with my shoes on, but yeah. 6'1. Six, six I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> what, what are you supposed to weigh at 6'1? I don't know. I think I think you know. I don't want to get into a long drawn out conversation on this, but it's, re- <laughs> but it's really interesting. The first the first trainer that I ever worked with in baseball uh, with the Greensboro Bats, we were the Yankees single A affiliate back back then. Um, and um, gosh, I can't remember his last name now. Dave was the trainer's name, but he he went to uh, South Florida, USF. He mm-hmm. did, uh, and and with his masters or something like that, he did his his thesis or something like that on how he thought that every person had their ideal weight. Sure. 
and and whether whether or not you ballooned up or you or you went the opposite direction, lost a ton of weight, your body is always going to fight to come back to this ideal weight. And and we'd spend bus rides talking about it. It was it was pretty fascinating. I agree with that because I mean I would think the way that I eat, drink, everything else, I should have weighed two thirty probably. The way I mean I was just terrible, right? Too much soda, too terrible food, just awful. And yeah. I still never got to two hundred. So I mean I. I, and I really couldn't be in worse shape. You know, it's not, it's not even that, I mean, it's even, you know, everything looks bad. You know, it's like dad bod, like a hundred, you know, times a hundred. So it's like really bad. And I just wanted to reshape it. And I, you know, I figure in the reshaping process, lose some weight. So I, I, I agree with, I agree with that. I what know you why you're doing this by the way. And, and I should do it too, because, because damn it, we're going to eat right. And we're going to work out so that one year from now, if we go back to Shamara's place, we're getting in that goddamn pool. Damn right. <laughs> that, that's I don't still, care. That's still like I don't my... care if it's 35 degrees outside. <laughs> Next year, I'm getting in that pool. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite stories. Like you and I, so badly. I mean, it's 200 degrees. I wanted to, and I and I looked at some of those people. And I was like, I'm not getting half naked in front of these. God, people. I know that's seriously one of my favorite stories <laughs> of the year. That was both, you and I both were like, uh-uh, ain't doing this. That was super. Funny. I mean, there were. I mean, I you know what do you call them? The influencers and whatever. And they yeah. were all kind of dressed to the nines for 120 degrees. And it, I just, no way, man, wasn't doing it. And yeah. I was afraid I might drown. I was so <laughs> out of it. The heat had me beat down. I was like, yeah. man, I might drown in it. Yeah, that was, that was, that was brutal. That heat. All right. So this is, this is my final podcast from the apartment. I am so oh. glad the, the movers finally, we were supposed to move on Monday. And I was hoping to be in the new house today doing the podcast live from the new house amongst boxes and everything. But apparently there was some miscommunication and the movers were moving everything from the storage unit into the trucks Monday and Tuesday. So now tomorrow <laughs> is supposed to be the big moving date. So right we'll on. see. It has been such a freaking disaster, Bernie. We, we ordered feel uh, your pain, brother. We ordered. I, I know you do. That's, that's, that's why I'm sharing this with you. So we ordered and again, another long story. We ordered appliances yeah. from Best Buy and in our house is kind of a kind of a it's just a one story. It's kind of almost like a ranch style, but it does have mm -hmm. two steps up. So just, just two steps is it. So Best Buy brings their damn truck, reverses it down the front yard, basically. And and I thought, OK, so they're just going to, you know, that lift gate that's on the back of those trucks. So I thought they were just going to put the lift gate down take the appliances off and, um, you know, go up the steps with their appliance dolly and bring it in. No, 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 no. They decide to back the truck up and try and put that, you know, whatever that, that, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, that platform yeah. Yeah. on the porch, on the porch. And in the process of doing this, they hit one of the support beams on the front I, porch. I was about to say. Yeah. So, and the whole <laughs> thing was caught on our doorbell camera. I mean, it was just a freaking disaster. Like moving sucks. I don't care. I don't care who you are, how much money you have, where you live. It it it, it sucks. And so we've been stressed out about that. We had to call Best Buy's attorneys. I mean, it was it was a disaster, man. I would much rather get punched in the face hard a few times than move. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand moving. It's it's, it's probably it's like one of the it's it's one of the top stressors, right? I mean, I think it's up there with divorce. I, I truly, I think it is. I think it's you know changing jobs, divorce. Uh, moving, I think it's like one of the top five stressors yeah. in life, and I, I, I don't doubt that. It's terrible. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, going through what we're going through right now, like we were trying to move, and then all of this has happened, and we're, it kind of feels like we're living in limbo, sort of. Right. 
Yeah. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre. And it, it take it messes with your brain. It has to be for you guys. Like you can't, oh, you can't, yeah. you can't seem to focus the way you want to focus because there's all these other things to think about. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, yeah, hundred percent agree with you. That's, that's a great way of putting it. All right. So on a uh, positive note, I get to see Trey this weekend. We, uh, uh, yeah. So the positive note is I get to see Trey. The negative side is I got to watch freaking ACC football. Where, where, where are you seeing? <laughs> We're going to Clemson. We're going to do the Clemson Syracuse game. Ah. So, no, so Noel, Noel, Noel's four schools basically: Alabama, Clemson, um, South Carolina, yeah. and, and Coastal. So we're so we're doing uh, we're doing Clemson this weekend. I know you love Myrtle Beach, you man, but you got you got to tell her. Well, if I think she gets I think I, I think you know, Coastal would be easy for her to go to because it's not very big, I, and and she has a lot of friends there, so it'd be kind of a nice transition. It'd almost be like going to thirteenth grade. Right, right. You know, and and that's that's not. I don't mean academically. I just mean. Socially. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I truly think at the end of the day, I think she wants that big campus feel. I think she wants that big, you know, football, big basketball. So, look uh, at Alabama. You. Alabama might be too far away. Uh, Clemson should probably have to go through the bridge program because it's so hard to get into now. But I, I, my gut is she'll pick Clemson or, or Carolina. Going back, looking back on life, I wish I would have done something like that. I wish I would have gone to a bigger school. I mean, I don't, don't, I love Elon. I loved going to a small school. I loved the people I met there. But when I went there, I mean, it's double the size now that it used to be. It was 3,200 undergrad and it was small. And yeah. the odd thing is you can, you can get by yourself and get lost in a big school. You cannot do that in a small school. Right. And I, I would suggest if that's what she's looking for, then she needs to go do it because it's, it's it's an experience that I missed out on. I wish I would have had. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, that's that's all I wanted. I mean, I had a chance to play tennis at you know maybe maybe a small school. I had a chance to get a marching band scholarship because I was on the snare line. Oh, there goes your uh, microphone again. Um, it's my it's my but at phone. The end of the day, at the end of the day, I did. I wanted to go to a big school, but I didn't want to go to Iowa. So that's why I ended up at Kansas because I knew at least the basketball program was good, and I, I just wanted to be a, part of a big campus environment, fraternities, sororities, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I did. So you're a big tennis player. I was in high school. Yeah, I was like the only what? thing. In Me, Jeff, and Bernie, Jeff, you were a big tennis player. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, but, but I wasn't. I mean, I played number five or six on, on varsity. I was. I wasn't. I wasn't like a you know state champion. For our cornhole friends just, out there, what that means is when you play singles in tennis, they usually have one through six, and obviously one being your best player through. But coaches would alternate that around to try to win matches, and then in doubles you had three. Correct. One, two, right. and three. So did you play doubles as well? No, I wasn't good enough to be. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did play. I played some doubles. Again, I, I feel like you I'm know our you know our guest now. today was a state champion in high school in, in doubles. I, I, I am well aware of this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Speaking <coughs> of our guest, that is a great transition. So let's uh, let's get into this. So our guest today, we are pleased to have him on as always. So he is a native of Charlotte, North Carolina, and after a highly hmm? decorated high school sports career. <laughs> He, pay, he pays us to say that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He was a double major at NC State, which I didn't know actually until I read something yeah. about that. So I figured I'd throw that in. So double in three major years. at NC State, and then uh, oh wow, he graduated in three years, three and a half, three or three and a half, I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then got a master's degree from University of South Carolina, uh, and then you know he he true. I mean, truly, we joke with him. We love him. He's a friend. He's our boss. Um, but you know, he's a great story of passion, right? of doing something that you love. You know, our parents always tell us, do something you, you love and the money will come. 
And in 2011, I mean, he used to go to tailgates with his with his family, with his dad, and just loved cornhole. Just loved seeing all the different tailgate sports that were going on, but really had a passion for cornhole. So in 2011, founded what was called the American Tailgating League. And then in 2015, of course, uh, brings us to what has now become the mecca of, of professional cornhole. 2015 is when he founded the American Cornhole League. And this year, I was just texting with Trey today. Um, I'm not sure what the number is going to be this year as far as prize, but last year it was about $5 million mm-hmm. that was handed out across all ACL platforms. That That's just incredible, but an incredible vision. And uh, again, so pleased to have him back on with us again. He's our boss, but he's also our friend and uh, love having him back on. Please welcome back to Borderline, the commissioner of the ACL, Stacy Moore. All right. What's up, Stacy? Thank you for that uh, vainglorious introduction. Vainglorious. Well, again, you do sign our paycheck, so it had to be. <laughs> it had to be somewhat good. <laughs> I appreciate you inviting me to this uplifting show about uh, weight loss and moving. There you go. Uh, you never know good. what you're going to get on our show, man. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just. That's why the way, people love it. Just received a text message from Stacy. Apparently, borderline's been canceled for 2023. So, <laughs> yeah. That's, not only is this my last show from the apartment, it's the last show. Not yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jade. No. Yeah. Sorry, Jade. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, all ten of you who came up yeah. to us in California and said you like guys. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Stacy, how you doing? So, all right, so you're inside the. Uh, it looks like you're inside the HQ. How's everything yeah. up in Rock Hill? Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm inside the the HQ. Um, having meetings all day. I appreciate uh, being off camera for the first part of the show, so I could eat my cold lunch here at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Uh, the price nice of fame. Little, nice little pause, and glad I was able to get something to eat. So, what is your day like right now? I mean, Stacy. I mean, now we're going to have you back on. We were just talking before before we all came on. We're going to have you back on in two weeks because, uh, I mean, you've got all kinds of stuff right now that's about ready to come to a head from TV contracts with ESPN and CBS teams. I know is real close, but we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks once everything's uh, official. Uh, Super Bowl. Myrtle Beach is going to be coming up right around the corner. Uh, I know you've got the Nationals that you guys are hammering out super close on dates and uh, event locations, the shootout series. Shamar's Place, are we going to be going back there again? I mean, it sounds like so many balls are up in the air still for you, for lack of a, of a, of a better analogy. So what is what is your, your day like right now? I mean, how busy are you guys back at the HQ? We are incredibly busy trying to piece all this together. So probably would not recommend to anyone out there that you end all your sponsor contracts and TV contracts at the same time. Solid. And yeah, those, uh, are, those are supposed to be staggered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and add two new, two new linear television series on top of that with what we're doing with teams in super hole. Um, you know, we sort of took a step forward with super hole last season. We're taking a major, major step forward with super hole by doing, by guaranteeing eight linear telecast broadcasts in addition to the championship event. Obviously, the conclusion of Super Bowl at the World Championships was just awesome. Our ratings were up 25% on that show year over year, which was fantastic. And then... Does that uh, mean getting... we get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what was that? that was... <laughs> 
Depends Somebody on says about a raise. <laughs> depends <laughs> on how these that. sponsorship dollars come in. Yeah. So, Detroit. Right. Did somebody say that? Right. And in, in, in order to, to solidify your sponsorship dollars, right, they like to know what network you're going to be on, when you're going to be on, what are the dates, what are the locations, and all that. So um, finalizing the, the network piece of things uh, to try to get windows for all these different linear series we want to do. Like I said, we want teams to be eight linear shows plus three playoff shows. Uh, so that's a total of 11 plus a plus a season long recap show. So we're looking at 12 different linear television shows around teams where we did only one the year before. Um, and then, like I said, then the expansion of the Super Bowl as well. And keeping with kind of the, our traditional format for the ACL World Championships and ACL Pro Shootout. Um, we want to keep the number of shows that we did around those events as well. Uh, pretty steady, if not, uh, if not, try to add one or two here or there to those series. So, um, wow. I mean, so on a positive note, Stacy, um, I mean, you've got to pinch yourself sometimes. I mean, you are talking again, we were just kind of briefly going through your, your bio, right. In 2011 and everything with inside tailgating and then the ACL. And now this is totally blown up. So, I mean, it, I, I know it's stressful right now for y'all, but I mean, this is a good problem to have. And and you are on the phone with ESPN, with CBS, with all these other networks. I mean, every once in a while, you just you still have got to sit back and say to yourself, "What the hell is going on with this?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> our, <laughs> our 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 fantastic legal counsel likes to tell me all the time that I have champagne problems. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, it definitely requires a lot of champagne, and sometimes. A, uh, some other alternative uh, drinks besides just champagne to uh, to deal with these problems and the stress that that's around the sport. But uh, I always find fireball a little helpful. Yeah. <laughs> no fireball, kids. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Stay away from arsenic. Yeah, but we uh, yeah we're all we're we're all very fortunate here. We've added a lot of staff here during the off season as well. We probably have. Uh, I think four or five new hires within the last two months, Um, if not more. And so, uh, yeah, the rate of growth, the opportunities that that we're building, not only for for us to continue hiring people, but, you know, we're we're enabling a lot of successful people to grow their own businesses and their own brands when they partner with us, whether they be a local, regional conference director with us or they be one of our licensees. Uh, we're just building a fantastic ecosystem around the sport that allows a lot of people to to grow their own businesses and brands alongside us. So I know that you can't really say, right? But you feel pretty good about ESPN, right? You feel pretty good about that, or is or is that or or, or is it just too or, early? Or do, you or, or, or do you not feel good? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, I asked him. I asked him. You know, he is our boss. Remember, we were just talking I, about this, signing our paycheck. I, I asked the hard questions. Yeah, I asked him for a one billion dollar rights fee, and I got turned down, and that that kind of disappointed me because I felt like 
I felt like that we've done a lot for that network, and I didn't feel like asking for a billion dollars was too much. Did you, did you do this? It's just not much of a reach, really. It's just right there. Did, did you do this when you asked for <laughs> one, one billion? billion. Yeah. <laughs> so, that yeah. Probably Boy, I think I think they've shown us just in 2022. I think the number of airings that we've had on ESPN, ESPN two, and ESPN News is over 170. Um, so clearly, we we have a good partnership, and it's just about how does our calendar sort out? Right. Um, what do we want to put where? Um, what does it look like from a sponsor package perspective in terms of, you know, are we going to be on two networks again? Or are we going to be on three networks next season? Are we going to be on four networks next season? How do we slice and dice that? What makes sense? And I think that we are at the finish line and, um, and I feel really good about where we've ended up as long as what we've been talking about verbally gets, uh, finally inked here, hopefully this week. Um, I feel really, really good about what series have ended up on what networks. And I think our players and our fans are going to be extremely, extremely pleased with, uh, with some of the announcements that are coming the next couple of weeks. Love that. Yeah. Sounds super exciting. And again, we'll have, uh, we'll have you back on here in a couple of weeks once everything's finally solidified so we can talk officially about everything. Um, you know, along those same lines, I, I'm super excited for teams. Um, the teams, I, I think it's safe to say, and, and I don't think this is a secret teams is going to have a different look. It, it, it will be similar format, but you know, to go to the regional teams instead of just the random team captains with the random names, I like the fact that now you're attaching a state, a city, a region to some of these teams, Stacey. I think that's, I mean, it's just like, it's just like a lot of sports, right? It's like all yeah. the teams that we watch, whether it's the NBA, like, like, you know, we all like to watch or, or the NFL or whatever. I mean, the fact that it's going to have kind of a, a, a regional rivalry now or a, you know, city rivalry is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Teams. I'm, I'm incredibly pleased with, with the point that we've gotten to not only with the geographic um, areas that we've picked and kind of the new team names that we're going to be rolling out, uh, but developing some really cool logos and color schemes around that, I think is going to make the merch a lot of fun for people to go out and buy and wear and sport, um, you know, around our team's events. Um, and I think the way that we're going to do the draft, uh, which will be in Myrtle Beach over New Year's, I will also go ahead and say that. Um, if I didn't say that already, um, but we are going to have a draft, uh, in Myrtle beach around our national college championship, uh, that weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Myrtle huh. beach is going to be huge. Let's, let's talk about that draft. Cause last year, I mean, let's be honest, if it wasn't for Jeff and I, that draft goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys made draft happen. Great. I, I, I don't think I said uh, value enough during the draft. <laughs> yeah, that, that is now a drinking game for 2022-23. Every really? time Bernie says says Some says good value, value in that. Good value. <laughs> everyone, everyone at home drinks. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, that, 
I've yeah. never been on the air for 14 straight hours for anything in my life. That was crazy. <laughs> it was impressive. And, and was, yeah. I, I think I think Trey did the work of five different people in a normal production. Yeah. Uh, with what he did, putting all that together and, and managing that. Uh, thank God Ted showed up to help us out too. Shout out to uh, to my brother-in-law, Ted Geiger, for helping us out with the draft last year. Oh my gosh, that, and, that uh, was a marathon. It was it was a lot of fun though. I mean, at, but when it was done, and yeah. we had a chance to look back on it, I mean, it was a lot of fun, Stacy. And to see it, I, I think my favorite part was seeing how serious the captains took it. You know, and to see them at the table, literally on the phone, oh, yeah. talking to some of their players, strategizing. I really love seeing that kind of behind the scenes, kind of you know, a pseudo war room like you see in the NFL, making all those phone calls. It, it really was fun to watch. Yeah, I think yeah, this year's draft is gonna going to feel a little bit different because each team is going to have three captains on it starting out instead of just one. And we're also adding a director to the mix. Hmm. So, so like uh, a, like a general manager type of personality. I was to kind of like be like a general manager uh, type person will be an ACL director assigned to each team. And so together, uh, that group of four is going to be executing the draft to draft 16 players, a uh, total of 16 <clears> players. So three will already be on each team. So the draft will be 13 rounds. Um, and there'll be a lot of strategy going on. Yeah. Imagine, imagine some of the politics going on behind the scenes. The, Cause when you, cause when you get down to what you get past that top seven or eight players in a region. Yeah. Then it's who are you friends with kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because then the talent level starts to really even out. That's going to be fun to watch to see how those how those folks handle that. Yeah. And when you see like the three players that are being put on each team, that in and of itself is going to spark a ton of conversation and debate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when people see like who's been paired with what, you know, maybe you got some teams where you've got two players that get along really well and one doesn't, or maybe, you know, it, well, yeah. well, hold on. Yeah. Was that by design, possibly? Well, so the 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 strategy behind it was we wanted to get we wanted to put three players together to reach a common total score based on ranking, um, and we also wanted to be able to have a local tie when possible to some of the some of these teams that we're creating. So you know. We want to have a team, for, but then we run into things like we want to have a team in Las Vegas. We feel like it's important to have a Las Vegas team, um, but we don't have a slew of pros immediately in the Las Vegas area to become a part of that or that of 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 that team. Whereas in the state of Florida, I think <laughs> we may have something like thirty-two pros. Right. Right. And so you know, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings that they weren't one of the three that were selected. But what we try to do is we looked at people's singles ranking, um, added up that ranking to see if we tried to get to where there was a very tight range into what that total number was. Because obviously, let's say if you took the top three players in the Carolinas, you top, took the top three players in Florida, the top three players in Kentucky, let's say, right? Those teams are going to be overly loaded. Right. So, you know, there could be like 
a top player and two mid players or two, you know, one, you know, two yeah, top players and one extremely idea. outlier yeah. player, things like that. But that total number is really, is really what our aim was to correct, try to create some kind of initial balance. And uh, like I said, this could, it's going, there's going to be a lot of interesting conversations and there's going to be a lot of opinions, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that you guys are going to have your, your opinion, especially Bernie's would be like, this team's unfair. This team's unfair. Like, nah. you know, kind of like, nah. no, nah. it reminds me like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to get a text from, from Shamar Moore, like, oh. like, like when we created these super hole teams and we created them randomly. Right. But obviously you had Cheyenne and, uh, and, and Mark Richards get paired together. And immediately that was the most unfair team out there. And everyone was going nuts. And then aghast. Yeah. They were like, that's unfair. You know, I'm getting messages from Shamar. Tell me how unfair it is. He wants, he wants me to do a redraw. Right. And they go out and they lose the first round. Right. They go out there and they lose in the first round. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but that's, that's part of the fun of it. That's part of sports is that people get highly opinionated and passionate about their position and certainly I thought Cheyenne and Mark were a stack team as well, you know, but they have the ability to lose just like everyone else. Someone has to be the favorite, by the way. Yes. Someone always has to be the favorite. <laughs> right. Like people forget that. That's what, that's what Vegas is built off of. Every now and then you'll get a pick them matchup. But there, I mean, if you, if you look down on a college football slate, you might have what a hundred games on that slate and maybe two, two of them pick them. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Well, hey, so, so yeah, but teams, teams, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, we're, we're gonna, there's gonna be a component where people, you know, are able to do trades, you know, the, the, uh, the PDC oh, pool man. is going to be live. So it's going to be, each team is going to be limited to 16 players, but during the season, if a team decides they want to drop a player and pick up a PDC player that's eligible, they're going to be able to do that. Or wow. you want to try to make a trade with another team during the season, you're going to be able to negotiate um, a trade during the season up to a certain point. Oh my. That's well, hold miracle. on. Jeff, Jeff, what do you think? Like who author, who, who okays these trades? Is there, is there an overall commissioner? Not Maybe. you. Or is it you? <laughs> is there an independent council that you're going to. Yeah. yeah. There'll be a Thanks. quote committee. <laughs> <laughs> the committee, the committee. But so, but someone. I mean, because obviously yes. we know how this sport works. There will be some people trying to make, trying to stack their teams best they can, and willing to make certain trades. And other people being, someone has yeah. to be okay with the trades. Yeah, the people. Have, yeah, right. Obviously, we're always worried about collusion and people doing shady stuff. Um, so yeah, there'll be a process for. Uh, waivers and trades to be cleared. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be, that's going to be part of the fun. I can't wait right? to, again, I can't wait to have you back on in a couple of weeks yeah. to, so and there's going to be really playoffs like, too. I don't know if there's, there's going to be playoffs. So only eight, oh, okay. half, half nice. the field is going to make it into the playoffs. And we're going to see how unfair that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> First year. You got to expand the playoff. Yeah, <laughs> half well, you, in, half out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So to move away from teams a little bit, you mentioned his name. So Shamar Moore. So we wrapped up this past season, at, at literally at Shamar's house in his backyard with a pro invitational. 
And and I would love to get your thoughts on that, how it went. I mean, I know the temperatures, it was awful that day. It literally was like 125 degrees down in the turf in his backyard. <laughs> Nothing yeah. we can do about that. We can go back next year to be 75. <laughs> outside outside yeah. of the heat, um, I, what, what were your thoughts on that? What was Shamar's thoughts on that? I mean, Shamar and David Lim and, and a lot of celebrities now who are starting to infiltrate in the sport have, have really started to help you raise the level. So was Shamar happy? Were you guys happy? Was it everything okay in his backyard? Does he want to do it again? How'd that go? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're fortunate that Shamar and David just have an extreme level of passion for our sport. Um, they obviously have a passion for a lot of our pro players as well and want them to excel um, and get this sport to a point, you know, where, where our pro players are, are making a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to continue to strategize and work with them, uh, to grow this sport. I think that, that the brand that they're creating with Airmail City, um, has a lot of opportunities. I think there's obviously a lot of opportunities to bring more celebrities into our sport, which is, you know, what we do with our Super Bowl, right? We touched 20 celebrities, uh, I believe with Super Bowl last year, maybe more than that. And, um, Certainly with the new Super Bowl format, we're going to expand on that. Um, we're talking about some celebrity-specific structures uh, with Shamar right now around Airmail City. And, you know, we like the idea of, of culminating that uh, all-star event in Airmail City. Um, thought that worked out really well. I think all the players enjoyed being there. Uh, Shamar is obviously a very gracious host. And... Uh, so kind to him to to open up his house to to a bunch of strangers, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a, a good number of strangers. That's a that's a ask a risky thing of someone, you know, yeah. Someone of, of his stature and and, and um, I guess you know, obviously he's a superstar, and so it's you know you never know who's going to walk into your home and you open your doors like that and, yeah uh, I, I was thinking to myself it takes a trusting soul and a lot of behind the scenes security yes <laughs> right <laughs> yes. pull off something like that but no uh, that what that was without a doubt that was a special special event and uh, yeah great great to hear that partnership is still alive because i yeah. think it's exciting i think it's exciting to all of us involved and to people outside the sport as well it's just it's just it's just a fun and and just a good image for the sport. All right. So speaking of the sport overall, um, let's let's keep moving on here because we've got so many topics to hit. Can can you give us kind of a state of the game? Can we do like a state of the of the union address on cornhole? And like, I mean, looking back on it now, because we talked about it, you started the ACL officially back in 2015. You guys started dabbling in TV a little bit in 2000, whatever, 16, 17, 18. And as we all know, during COVID, just blew up, and now back-to-back -back years here with with big contracts with ESPN. But so now you're, you're basically seven years in. So I mean, what what when you sit back, what do you like about the sport, Stacey? Like what what do you like about and, and maybe maybe even specific to the game? Maybe we get away from the business for a second. Like like what do you what do you like that's going on the on the court? And maybe what are some things that that maybe you would change that you're seeing out of the players on the courts? Yeah, yeah. I wish I was. You know, I wish I was a little bit more prepared. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I was I told there'd be no math. <laughs> there, there, there are. You know, there. Are, you know, that's a deep. That's a deep question. See if I can get my head back on straight. That's um, why we named the damn show Borderline. You were a part of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, you know, 
I, th I think when you look back at the progression of where we started, where, you know, our first season, season one, right, we pulled off a digital telecast on ESPN3 for the first time ever in the sport in our first season. Uh, season number two, we had a few digital telecasts around some events and then had the opportunity to get on on ESPN two at our championships, which was obviously a game changing and, and milestone moment. And then we had right a couple of years we were doing, you know, kind of our four national events, what kind of evolved into our four national events on ESPN plus our world championships. You know, we did that for a couple of years and then we go and we had a series and we start adding some of these other series and other elements. And we start really expanding the prize pool and the number of shows that we're doing. And now, you know, you look at it and we're probably going to come close to doubling, you know, we've over the last two years, we're going to more than double the original linear shows, if not triple, probably the original number of linear shows than we were doing three years ago in terms of original programming. Uh, plus we've launched our own network that uh, you guys are, a part of with borderline ACL TV. And uh, those numbers have risen dramatically here just over the last six months. You're welcome. <laughs> I think the borderline numbers have been flatlined, but we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Uh, I'm just kidding. So, no, any, just, anywho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, um, you guys, you, you guys, you guys are are strong anchor for ACL TV, and I appreciate that. So yeah, so I'm just, I think the amount of original programming, right? Oh my God, I'm like sweating over here. We, we started, we started out, you know, it just right the 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 number of people that we have contributing to our content now, um, has has in, you know just increased, and as you know, we've adding more and more content creators and personalities um, around our sport so that, you know, we can continue to increase the coverage and, you know, we, we still got a lot of people to reach with our sport out there. Yeah. Um, right. You know, while, while we're doing great, we've done some great things, still a long way to go, a lot more people to reach, a lot more people to educate uh, about the ACL and, and the sport. So, was that an answer or not? That that was that was kind or, of an answer. Or answer uh, of one. Not, not, was, not, not what it I'm was, it was it was it was it was a dance. It was a dance. A little. Let's bit. try that again. Let's try it, it again. Was, All right. What was the question? There was one. I I want to know. I I want to know. Here we go. All right. Let's let's start this again. Ready in three, two, and one. And okay. So so no, but seriously. So I I get the business stuff, and, but but like I mean on the courts. What what have you like? Has the game evolved even more than you could have imagined when it was just a slide push game? I mean, yeah. do, do you do you like what's going on now? Are you surprised with what's going on now like, as far as the play on the courts and the players themselves? Yeah, yeah. I would have never predicted that there that the game would have evolved as rapidly as it has with these new shots that have come out, right? Like you said, originally, Originally, it was a it was a slide. It was just a, a slide sport. Then you had a slide and a push. People started throwing blocker bags, and then 
from there, people just started doing vent shots. Um, and I don't know if, if you guys have a list of how many different shots there are out there right now, but my, my gut feeling is there's somewhere between six to eight different shots that, that people are intentionally executing on the boards now, uh, based on their own particular style of throw, the, the type of bag that they're using. Uh, so I think the combination of the bags evolving at a rapid pace in terms of fabrics and fill and things that players can do with the bags and then the skill level of these pros to invent new things, new shots, develop new strategies around around the game has has been amazing. And it's been really, really surprising to me that that's happened on 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 such a such a quick path, because. If you look at the evolution of other sports, you know, right? Take, 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 take decades. Basketball. Yeah, take decades. How long did it take basketball to implement a shot clock and then a three-point right. line? Right. You know, it just that great. You know, we've seen a lot happen with the sport in a very short period of time. I, I got one for you, and we we have this discussion a lot. Finally, on borderline. welcome back to the show, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff is of the mindset. That the I knew best that. game I knew you're going. is just slide it in the hole. That's what every game should be. That's what everyone should watch. And it's funny when we bring on players, and I would say to a player, even ones that play that game prefer to watch a dirtier game. What's your opinion? And I know you're not going to give me a full answer on this, no. but I'm, 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 just, I'm, just, I'm just curious what your opinion is on it. I think, yeah, I think like what, what excites you more? Seeing seeing two players go at it 25, 30, 40 in a row or the dirty game? What what excites you more as a fan when you're watching? 100% the dirty game. It's, it's, it's just You don't get Eric Davis hitting the shots that he hits or Tony Smith hitting the shots that he hits in just a slide game. That's I mean, you just don't get those shots. You just get – to your point, though, I think the average person at home – Jeff makes a great point – the average fan at home – probably marbles at 24, 28 in a row. It, it's something they can't even fathom. But I can't fathom watching Eric Davis hit, you know, throwing it literally 25 feet, 25, 30 feet in the air, having it come down and drag a bag from, you know, 27 feet. That's insane. Yeah, I think you I, th- I think you marvel at both, but you get you get a much higher level of emotion or you hit a different you just hit a different a different yeah. notch or a different speed different level of feeling when you see that one shot where you're just like oh my yeah. f god <laughs> yes right. how did he do that and at that time you know kind of like you know what happened at the team's championship at the world's championship where i yeah. absolutely lost my mind yeah when, or, or even when, even two years ago at the, at the World Championship, I mean, it, it, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure we could even the stove pipe. It, yeah, yeah, with Duncan. I mean, Duncan hitting that shot. I, I don't think there was a louder roar inside that facility in Rock in Rock Hill than when he hit that shot. And you don't yeah. get that in the slide game. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 to, I totally get that, and I do. I mean, I I, I love and respect both games. I do. I yeah. just I just I just know that you know we watch cornhole a lot and a million times more than anybody else. And there's a lot of misses that you see on TV before right. you might see that one shot. We're lucky enough because we see that one shot, but we watch it every weekend, every week. 
So we see those one shots. I'm just I agree. How many people out there miss, you know, that one shot? They, I, especially air mails, like air mails, like when you're watching air mails and they miss three or four in a row. A lot of misses. Right? A lot of misses. And then you're watching on TV going, well, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, I think it's a sly, I would say, you know, kind of a grinded out. Obviously, the, the doubles world championship match and the big comeback. It was just like a grinded out comeback was enjoyable and intense to watch. And the ending was, you know, was at that level, you know, same level that I had with teams. I would say the ending of that doubles match, that was a grinded out match. But at the very end of it, you know, I had that level, same level of emotion that I had with, with the team's event. Um, so that, that brings that, that 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 brings up another question because we've only got a few minutes left. Yeah, uh, we've had a couple shows about this, Stacey, and they they've been somewhat polarizing, uh, just because people seem to be on different. I'm surprised that that we have that that it is polarizing. But the trash talking, you know, the game the game has become very quiet since since COVID. Uh, there, there's a high level intensity to it, and all of a sudden now you're getting some players like a Jordan Power during that doubles championship that you're talking about. He's chirping a little bit, right? And there's a lot of us who love it, but I'm surprised there were some people who kind of took a little exception to it. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Do you like it? Is it good for the sport? Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I Again, I was told <laughs> there would is, be no math. This is such a measured <laughs> answer. This is going to be great. <laughs> I have an appreciation for gamesmanship. <laughs> I have an appreciation for gamesmanship. And when I play competitive sports, whether it's basketball or tennis, um, I may have talked a little bit of trash <laughs> from time to time. Um, I think that there's a time and a place and a moment where it's acceptable. And then I think that there's other moments when it's unacceptable. Like, you know, you shouldn't be yelling when someone's, you know, in the middle of their throw or something like that, or, Shouldn't be right. leaning over the board trying to, you know, kind of last minute, you know, lean in there trying to distract someone. And that I think that that crosses the line. But if you're if you're between throws or between rounds and you're doing some chirping, I, I don't have a problem with that. It's amazing to see how sports evolve. I mean, you know, you go to these football games. I was in Alabama two weeks ago with, <laughs> with Noel, right? And, you know, every you got 80-something-plus thousand people on their feet yelling at the opposing team so loudly, you know, while they're trying to concentrate. Yes. But yet, but yet yeah. the dynamic of, of cornhole now has become the total opposite, yeah. where it's just silent. And now it's, it's almost like it's become like a gentleman's game where, like you're saying, you, you well, shouldn't be saying anything I, someone's I think it's true, I think, preparing. I, well, I, I think you either need to be loud yeah. all the time. Like it's almost like shooting a free throw oh, yeah. in basketball, right? I mean, like, so if you're loud all the time, people can kind of block that out and it doesn't, it's just white noise. It doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. But if it's quiet and then a thousand people scream all at once, that's going to be distracting or it's yeah. quiet and the part and you're playing uh, your opponent, which is two feet away from you does something to distract you. That's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that there's a, I think that's the fan etiquette's different from the player etiquette, right? Yeah. So fans. Yes. I would I would like to hear more noise from fans in the crowd during during the match, you know. But again, like Bernie said, I think if it's dead silent and then all of a sudden someone's like brick it or whatever, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I think that that, but if, but if people are yelling kind of, and there's a constant noise throughout as a Mark Richards or Cheyenne is stepping up to throw, you know, and it's that constant noise or that chirping is happening from the fans saying, hit an airmail or miss it. Or, you know, there's a combination of people pulling for them and against them, you know, during those high intensity moments, I think is great. It's fun to watch it evolve, isn't it? We've, we've only got a minute left, but uh, it really has been. I mean, j- just in the short time that I've been with you guys, Stacey, it's been so much fun to see the sport evolve. And the fact that you guys get to write, rewrite, change, and morph and adapt as this is going along, uh, it's, it's special. And uh, so congratulations to you. Congratulations to the growth. And again, we will talk to you again here in two weeks when we can talk about the TV contracts officially and the nationals and the shootout and all that stuff. Uh, can't wait to hear how everything shakes out here for the upcoming year. Thanks, fellas. I look forward to being back on the road with y'all soon. All right. Put us on the books. <laughs> Two weeks. We'll see you again. All right. All right. Thanks, Stacy. All right. Stacy Moore, commissioner of the ACL. That was fun. All right. We got go. like 15 seconds left. Closing thoughts. You get the last thought. I can't wait to see what he has to say in two weeks. Actually, I really want to know what's been what's been locked down. I think everyone's kind of waiting for that. Yeah, it'll be big. Sounds sounds like they are on the phone and in meetings all day. Stop here trying to figure this all out. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And uh, Bernie, have a good week. I will talk to you again next week, bud. See you, buddy. All right. Bye.